Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. I'm talking about divine promotion. I'm not talking about the promotion you get at the job. You can, if you do the will of God, get the promotion anywhere. In fact, he said it right. For those who forsake everything for the kingdom of God, he said, even on this earth, they will get more than this. And then, how much more you talk about? Heaven. So we dealt with faithfulness about God. But today, we're going to do with faithfulness concerning the things about God, number one. Faithfulness concerning the matters affecting other people, human beings. Faithfulness, when it has anything to do with our own partner, the closest one, or spouse, then there's one that is very, very difficult. To be, to be faithful on things that are for general good. That's something I've been praying that our country will ever have. Without that faithfulness on that which you say as a general good, without that, we will never, never get promoted. We will never get the problem we have right now, back, even back home. Without respecting that which is the general good, that which you say, if I could eat this, do you know how God, let me, I'm jumping now because I need to start from God, but the general good I'm talking about, have you seen the order of God? Have you watched the animal kingdom and wildlife? Do you know that the lion will go and attack and only kill when he's hungry? No, I just, I'm, I'm trying to tell you right now. Only when he's hungry. And he, the lion will leave the rest for posterity. Even for people, even for those who have not been born, the lion will leave it. Tomorrow, he will just feed, he will just take that one. But when you have a nation that when they build, when they maintain, when they preserve, it's nothing but for individuals. Then that nation is so unfaithful and is against itself or herself and will never prosper. So let's look at the faithfulness regarding things of God. Each and every one of us needs a thorough and thorough examination. I'm just telling you right now. Begin to think about your priorities. Where is God in everything that you do? If God is not first, I, I'm saying it right now. If God is not first in everything you do, in the service you give, in whatever you give in your resources, whatever it is, if it's not first, there's something that is wrong. If God is not forced, there's obviously somebody or something that is forced before God. And that thing becomes idolatry. If God is not forced. Somebody, somebody gave us an example. You know, all the way from Genesis, God has always insisted, I must be forced in everything. Whatever you do, the force of your increase, whatever it is in this life. If at one point he said that every male child that breaks through, that comes out is born, was born became what the the lord okay i know that, that you're going to walk go ahead you have done well 
every first male child that you ever have, that is because who? The Lord. Can you believe it? If God is saying every child you have, that first one should be yours, then think about other things that are there. Now, but someone gave us a, a clear example in the scriptures. Does anybody remember? We are very few. Anybody remember where it was obvious that somebody said, you must give first. Anybody we are, we are, we are few? He demonstrated it. He said, no matter whatever you do, you must give first to God. Okay, let's, let's look at 1 Kings, please. 1 Kings 17. Remember what God did with Eli uh, Elijah, right? Elijah and the widow. Elijah was being pursued by Ahab and his men. Elijah, first of all, ran away and went to the wilderness. And when he got there, you know the first thing he said? Can anybody tell me, if it has not happened to you, it will happen one day. What did Elijah, what did Elijah say? In the wilderness. The, uh -huh. No, that, that's, that's not the, the Yeah, you're right. But that was what, what I'm talking about. He said, what, they have, what did he say? Yeah. He said, God, the time has come. Let me die. I have had enough of all this trouble. Do you know that if you follow God, if you follow God, whether you are there preaching as a minister or what? Someday you feel like God, I have had enough. And God who said, You have had enough? You know what he did to Elijah? He said, Okay, Elijah, I'm going to put you to sleep. You know, just like somebody going to surgery. He's sending him to sleep. He said, You say, uh, you, 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 you have had enough, you want to die, go to sleep. And then when he woke up, he said, Get up. Because Elijah, you have a long way to go. You have not even started. There's a food for you to eat. When you finish eating, get your energy because you're going to see more. And then you see, he said, I have commanded, I love that area. If you have not really seen the goodness of God, the provisions of God shining on one's face, God said, I have commanded a widow. In fact, I think the King James said a widow woman. Okay? Whatever it is. But the widow. I've commanded a widow to take care of you. Since I've been serving the Lord, I think God has commanded so many people to take care of me. Even before that, remember three years that I was kept in the house. How does I told you? Why was she called Queen Raven? She was bringing food every time. How? I left here. I went to. I went to. I went to Europe, preaching from England, from there to Holland, then to Nigeria. If you calculate the whole thing, almost four years. Have you asked how my mortgage was paid? I'm. I'm just. I'm just. You've wondered, right? You should wonder. Because I got over there and forgot that I, even there was a house. If there was anything that physical a human being could possess, I completely forgot about when the Lord called me. But I came back and went back into the same house. It's a long story. I am telling you about this God. God can command anyone, say this is what I want you to do, for my work. And that's it. And that person can never resist it. Because he's God. He said, I created all things. And when I call upon them, in the host, they will come. They will obey me. 
I'll call the mountain. The mountain will obey me. Because I ordered it. If I order the sea to depart, because it's God. That is why when sometimes we question him, he said, why are you questioning I am God. There is no order. I mean, I love that because I said, I said my God is boasted. I love that. Why wouldn't he boast? Say, I'm God. There's no order. None before me and none will come after me. But this poor woman didn't have anything. And Elijah got there and said, well, get me some water and get me some cake. And the woman said, cake? I don't have any, but the small one I have is just for my son and I to eat so that we can die because there's all sorts of famine going on. And the prophet answered what? Look at 10, 13, please. Verse 10 to 13. 1 Kings 17, 10 to 13. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but an handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me. And after, make for thee and thy son. Now, that, this is so clear how God oppressed. I'm telling you, this is so clear how God oppressed. Give to God first. I'm not talking about this ministry. We don't ask anybody. I'm not talking about myself. But whatever you do in any situation, make sure you reverence God. You give God because the one. You know, there are so many of us here. Let me put it this way. Many people would envy and they envy us. There are so many people of your age, probably languishing in villages, can't even feed. They didn't go to school. Never had an opportunity. There were many people who couldn't last one year after birth. But here we are. With talents given to us, with skills, with all the gift. But now, with all the things we have, God has given to us. Do we use that to honor God and glorify God all the time and force? Or do we employ that to oppose Him and blaspheme His name? That is the, something that we all need to examine. All of us, including myself, because you see, that's a statement if you read that book, which I've said even here before. I said, on the Torah when I was going, this is what the Lord said. All your life, I blessed you and prospered you. But you've never stopped one day to give me glory. Oh, I'm not, you see, John, who's here, will tell you, maybe from that our area. You know what, from the village, what they always referred to me was that, okay, it was always number one, force. In every, I don't know why God made it that way. The, nothing I put my hand that didn't prosper. Nothing. 
even by the time this guy just got into this country, I've already bought a house. I've done whatever. He, what is he going to talk about? But the person didn't have. Truly, God is saying, I bless you. I'm the one who gave you all these things. But what have you done? Or what have you been doing with those things that are given to you? You know the thing that's so painful? Let me tell you what is so very painful right now. Is that we employ the things, the good things the Lord has blessed us always to offend him. Let me put it again. We employ. Have you seen such a, a very beautiful woman? And she's using that beauty to offend God. Have you not seen it before? Have you not seen the most athletic human being? Maybe God has blessed him. He would never have thought in his life that he would have gotten. Who gave him that ability? And yet once he has it, what happens? We employ it to offend him. Now, have you seen, how about yourself? What of the ability? The, what is given to us? The fact that we can get up and we go to school. We can do so many things. Do we employ those things to offend him? Or to glorify him or to honor him? In every situation. In serving him. In resources we have. Whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference to me. Are you doing his work? The hope of his calling. That I've called you. Christ said those who believe in me. The works I do. They will do. John 14, what, 11 and 12. What is that work that God wants us to do? What is that work that God wants us to do? In John 15, 16, he tells us the same thing. He says, look, you didn't call me, but I have called you for one purpose and one purpose only, to go and bear fruit and let that fruit be good. And that's what he gave us in the commission in Matthew 28 to go and do. That's all he asked us to do. Now, what have you been able to use what God has given to you to bring people even into his kingdom? Now, not everybody's going to go there and preach. Not everybody there is doing that. But there are so many ways you can also bring people into the kingdom of God other than just you. Take the one that God has given to you. What is that ability? Have you ever prayed and prayed and prayed? Even in this ministry, that for two years, if not anything, you would testify and I would testify because I'm not the one who's been teaching here. Forget about it. Forget about, anybody can claim I'm, this is what they do. I'm not. I've always been saying it. I said, okay, even in this ministry that I've seen, I've touched it. I've smelt it. No, I'm just coming right now. I have seen it. The truth, we can see it. This is it. Where sometimes people who have not had it before, we, we hear it, they say, my goodness. We didn't know anybody. People will be talking about things like this, this, this age, where nobody wants to talk about it. Isn't true. But even at that, have you ever asked yourself, Lord, what have you called me to do in this work, ministry, in this work? I'm just giving an example. How do I go about doing it? Fulfilling that purpose of God. When we don't do things faithful unto God, God will never take from you and I leftovers. I'm just saying right now. Why would he do that? He's God that gave it to you. Even the breath to get up, you should be able to think about that. Because you know one thing? 
All those things that God has blessed us with, eventually, we are going to leave all of them behind. There's only one thing, and that's why he kept telling us, let your treasure beware in heaven, because you are going to leave the one here, whether you like it or not. Remember, I, I always make this statement that the day will come when none of us will even remember we have children, we have ever had children. Children. I'm just giving you the one that so deep. We'll never remember. The day will come. You will not even know you there's anything called business or job. And that day could come tomorrow. It could come as we speak. So whatever you put in the things of God, that is the thing that will be an everlasting one. That's why I made a statement that sister was asking the question last week. I said, whenever we are unfaithful in the things of God, please listen to me. This is very careful. There are two things I said. Whenever we are unfaithful regarding the works of God, two things will happen. Okay, number one, and it may happen. The Lord will cause or permit. Mark every word I'm using. The Lord will cause or permit that which is held so highly, the dearest thing in our life, the Lord may cause it to be taken away. This is disposition. God can dispossess. He can promote. He can demote. Because he's God. Now, there are so many people running around in the world and everything seems to be very good for them. You think it's good for them. But it's not. God may do that. Since this is the thing that is the most important thing to you, I will make sure it is taken away from you. Then when it's taken away from you, you will find me. And that may be so many things. It could be, look, let me tell you one thing. It could even be, God forbid, health. Anything at all to get your attention. Now, let's put it this way. Even our own children. Please make sure if I'm wrong, tell me. Sometimes we take away something to get the attention. It is like that. First time we take away something. It's not punishment. But it can happen. And that is why sometimes, you know, you know what I, I thank God all the time. I said, God, I thank you that you did not put me away somewhere. You spoke me on the way and I had it. And whatever you did in my life to put me somewhere kept me. Because if you knew my life before, how fast paced it was going. That I would even be, I didn't even know what happened up to today. I couldn't explain. And I cannot explain. How in the world did I even listen and stop and stay in the house? I just cannot explain it. How did I spend three years in the house? I can't explain it. Just like people cannot explain, how did he pay his mortgage? In the first place, how am I paying things even now? You don't know. Isn't it something? But the Lord did not put me either in the hospital or somewhere or something that is so dreadful that I can just say, Father, if you save me this one. So, to me, glory be to his name. Because it could have been worse. God can do it. I'm just telling you right now. To get that attention. We don't want to get to that point. That's what I'm telling you. Why? He would do it mostly to people that he loves. You may not you say, why is it, can he do it? He said, only those I love, I will chastise. Because I will do everything to make sure they don't perish. That is what God 
for those who are the elect of God, chosen from the foundation of the world, God almost bent at all costs to make sure they don't perish. Unless it comes to such a way that there was nothing he could do about it. He would do that. So where do we have what I'm talking about right now? Let's look at Matthew 16. 24-27 Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he, will, he shall reward every man according to his works. Now let me ask this question that's the most important thing there. Since we are few, answer me if you can. And Johnny will figure out where to do all the details or whatever it is. He said, whosoever will seek to save his life, Shall lose it. How is that, how, what is he talking about? Can you tell me anything spiritual you can you can figure out from there? Save his life, shall lose it. Forget about what it means, what we think we mean. Spiritually, can you figure out something that is deeper? Mm-mm. Whosoever tried to save his life, in the first place, how can you save your life? You see, it's almost like we're hopeless. Listen to me carefully. It's like we're completely hopeless. If we will listen to God, what is God talking about? We're hope we can't even save our life. So how are we going to save it? Everything we are doing is just what? Going round and round the bush. We can't even save it. That's why I said that. You can't even change one color of your hair. You can't even grow one inch. So why are you worried about this? In other words, when he said, whosoever tries to save his life, that means that that person who tried to save his life, how can anybody save his life when he cannot save it? It's very deep. Whosoever tries to save his life, he's going to lose it because you cannot save it in the first place. You have already lost it without him because he holds the key to life and death. And everything belongs to him. And he gave us an example in the Bible. Luke 12. 16 to 21. Remember the, the foolish. What's his name? The foolish rich man, right? That's what it's called. Who said, I've got it now. And it's time for me to sit and uh, relax. Go ahead, man. And he spoke a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no more room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall be those things, shall those things be which thou hast prepared, provided? 
So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Okay, you see, look, if you read, you understand that very well. There's no point trying to explain it. But again, it goes back again. Even what I was talking about, I said, how can you save what is it's not yours, you cannot save. Because, you see, he said, I'm going to preserve this life and I save it. And God said that night, you fool. That's it. Your soul now is required. And that's the end of it. Then the second one, I'm just going to, I want to finish faithfulness today. The second one I said, and you were questioning me, that, that, which was wonderful. Not questioning, you were really giving a wonderful point. The second one is this. If we are ever, on, let me say whoever, please, I'm not saying if we. I don't want anybody to think we're talking about us, please. I'm preaching to the choir here. But this is a reality of life. Whenever anyone is unfaithful regarding the things of God, the second thing that may happen to that person is that God will take away that which he has entrusted in the hand of that individual and transfer it to another who will produce better fruit. That is called total rejection. It's a write-off. And pray, and I'm praying that in this place where we are, that none of us will ever be right off. No, I'm just serious that none of us will ever be right off. Can you do you remember anybody who was a right off in the Bible? Please do. Judas, no, Judas wasn't a right off. Judas committed sin. Somebody, God, get, he had something. Saul was not Saul appointed, anointed by Samuel, who told. Samuel to anoint Saul. God. But he eventually completely rejected Saul forever. Remember the high priest? Remember the high priest? Who? Eli? Eli or whatever he is? Eli? You call it Eli? Okay. Remember Eli? What happened to him? Was his family not completely rejected? And then God raised another right in front of his nose. Samuel, a small kid, and said, just take over. You are the one that's faithful, I can trust. But you see, this high priest, as long as I'm God living, there shall not be any man that will come out of your house anymore. I don't, that's, that's the end of it. This, this is God. What I have given to you, you have carelessly left it. And you have not done what you're supposed to do. Therefore, I'm going to take it away. And we'll see where is the scripture. If you look at Matthew 8, 11 to 12. Huh? Matthew 8, 11 to 12. And I say unto you, that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There shall be weeping and gnashing. The children of the kingdom. There's something about it there. God is telling you and I, the children of the kingdom. Can you believe it? These are the children of the kingdom, but they're driven out. If it could happen to any, God does not respect any human being. What he did in the past, he will do. 
Remember the Israelites that came out of Egypt? How many of them got to the promised land? The same God. And in fact, Jude warned us about it. Jude said, don't you ever forget. And Paul was saying that if God would even drive off the angels that rebelled against him, that were unfaithful. Now let me say, if we say unfaithful to God, what do we mean? Somebody's got, let, let's see. Let's not get any, any kind of mission. What is unfaithfulness to God? Not doing what it asks you to do? Yeah. And what else? Not consistent? Yeah. Help me. Not fully obeying him? Not trustworthy? That's faithfulness? So that's all that God can do. Then we're going to stop right there. Right now. Faithfulness concerning what is another's. Please listen now. Some of us go to work. We have a job. Have you ever come to job and then you, you almost despise your boss? Huh? Yeah, right? <laughs> the way you handle anything that belongs to another human being, let me tell you, that's where the test of the perfect love comes. Have you really changed? You see, we think that when we say we have changed, we have been coming here, and everything has changed in our life. Remember what he said. That whoever is in Christ, that all things are new. And always refer back to those four characteristics of what? Born again. The new spirit. Sometimes we get into a situation where we don't even apply it. We think it's not. It's almost like, let me tell a white lie. No, what I'm talking about, that's some lie. We lie, we say, oh, wow. But that's someone that we just say, we don't even bother about it. It's, uh, somebody will call and say, well, tell that person I'm not here. You're there. You say, tell me you're not there. How can you say you're not, not there? You're lying. You're even giving a bad example to the child. Say, lie. And that child grows up lying. You're just blaming the child. But what I'm saying is that when anytime, anything that's of someone else, whatever it may be, if you don't exercise perfect love, you are unfaithful to God. Please, this is, this is very important. Some of you are employers, some of you are employees. In every situation, whatever has happened, even that thing that belongs to your enemy, whatever is happening to the, the, the person. And by the way, none of us should ever have enemies in life. People may hate us, but we shouldn't have enemies. We don't want to call them that. That's their problem. Because they don't know what they're doing. If they know what they're doing, they will not hate us. But anything that belongs to someone, that's where the test of your perfect love is. You must be as your heavenly father is. When Christ made the statement in Matthew 5, said, be you perfect as your heavenly father is, there's something he's saying beyond that. We don't seem to see it. How is the heavenly father? He said, well, the heavenly father is this. If I only react to those who please me, if I, those that I like, or whatever it is, okay, say, what's the difference between me and an unbeliever? That is every moment and every time. Always examine what actually is my, the difference between me and unbeliever. Because if you look at Matthew 5, 43 to that, 40, it said, what? Love your enemies. For what? Why would you love your enemies? 
so that you will be the children of your father. So if you go ahead now, you have somebody's turn, and you come first. Now I'm coming now. Do you know the natural thing? The natural thing, and the, the natural thing, and whatever we do, if anybody who says is born of God is still operating within the scope of the natural law, the person is not born of God. What's the natural law I'm talking about? What's the natural law? Self-preservation. Do you know that? Me. Do you know? I, I'm, okay, remember, care of what? Take care of number one. If anybody's still taking care of number one, the person is not born of God. No, I'm coming now. The number one must die. That's something, that number one now is Christ. You so, you're not supposed to... No, I'm not saying that when you get up in the morning, don't take a shower or do this and that. Please listen to me. But if you have gotten, not gotten to a point where spiritually, that number one is taken care of by who? The master. Oh, no. You're no longer the same with the people of the world. If I operate within the scope of the things that the people of the... Or, let me put it this way. If I operate within the course and scope of the way the world operates, then... I am taking care of myself. But we sing every time, I am not my own. Do we listen to ourselves when we say that? I'm not my own. If you're not your own, then why are you worried about yours? You've got to be first. If you come first in everything, my family comes first. Everything comes first. If there's anything left, and you still think that you and God are in agreement, it will only work for you to be praying. Listen to me. This is deep. You pray for the spirit of God to give it to you. Please, Lord, give it to me. Where actually you have to fulfill one thing he tells you. He said, I've given you a new commandment. What's that? John 13, 34, right? That you love others as what? As God loves you. That's the issue right now. As God loves me. And how did he love me? John 15, if you look at it, just, if you look at John 15, what? 12 to 13? I think that's what, yeah. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command so you. So what's actually the doctrine that Jesus Christ is telling us? When it comes to the affairs of other people, what is Christ telling us? More than that, God bless you. <laughs> That's a prayer we're going to pray right now because I don't even think any of us here does that very well. Pray that God will give it to you. I'm telling you. Where the things that, are, that concern God, the comforts, the things that concern other people, let them come out before you. When you do it, oh no, the Lord is walking in your vineyard and your family. I am telling you right now. Because you are taking care of his own. Most people think that, oh, if you walk in the Lord's vineyard, he walk in your vineyard. Which vineyard? Which vineyard? We don't see a farm. We don't go into it. What he's talking about is dealing with people. How do you handle them? Do you take care of number one? Is that number one you all the time? If number one is you all the time, is a self-preservation. That means that you still believe that you are the one to preserve yourself. 
when you get up from that, you know, God is wonderful. When I was giving you all this example about when I was I wasn't here, who was doing this mortgage? Who have you asked what is going on in my life right now? What is even happening? How do you know? God is wonderful. How, those things came up. When you actually go into, I'm going to preserve my own. Yes, whosoever tries to save his life, he's going to lose it. It's the same, the same, the same word of God going all through. Pray to God to give you something that's another thing. You preserve it. You, you know why? Whatever belongs to another. Let's say, for instance, you are an employer. Let's say whatever it is, my sister, my brother, whatever it may be, anybody is a human being. God, who is now your father, giving you the spirit, you are led by the spirit of the living God, has entrusted that person, the affairs of that person, into your hand. Now, I'm going to give you an example right now. I'm not going to mention them now, but I remember one thing. A long time when I was very small, I read something talking about when they, when they had the first uh, military coup in Nigeria. Then the head of state then died with somebody. I think you guys are old enough to remember that. He was killed with someone. He was visiting somebody. He was the guest. And the, my understanding, I hope that's the truth, the, ghost said, the, the host said, if you're going to take this man from my house, if you're going to kill him, kill me. Because otherwise, people would think, this man is in my house. He's entrusted into my hand. Let's, let's put this, we'll go back again and look at what happened even before us. Example, God, God giving us a wonderful example. You watch the miners coming out of the mine in Chile. What actually happened? The last person who came out, what was that? Now, how about if the first one came out, the second one came out, whatever, God forbid, and all of a sudden, anything could have happened. Do you know that? What did I tell you? Even before the rescuers, the last of the miners was the ship leader. That's what makes the person the leader. We are the light of the world. If actually the Spirit of God is in you, you're walking. Is no longer safe. The self dies. Selfishness dies. You look at somebody who is crying and said, okay, what in the world can help this person? You go first. Because you know why? If you reach a certain point spiritually, you are so almost assured. You say, whatever happens to me now, God, let it happen. But this one, who doesn't know the way? Let them find the way first. I know what's going to happen. If I stop right here now, take my soul. You see, this is something you will see. But we don't do that way because the natural person in the nature will take care of himself first before others. Therefore, if we do the same thing which the natural person is doing, that means that we are still in the world. No, no, no. If we are in the world, that means we are what? We are of the world, right? Okay, so that is why if you go, if you go if you go to Abu, we have done it before. I said we are what we do. It's not what we say. So if we react like the people of the world reacted to the things concerning others with indifference and sometimes with malice, with recklessness, with sometimes so reckless. If I sometimes we wish the person to fall, 
will be acting like the people of the world. And when we do that, the Spirit of God is not. That's why he told us, said, who would actually, what he said, Luke 15, right? If you look at 10, it tells us who would give you more. That one is concerning us here in the ministry. He said, look, if for us to get out of the stagnant, whatever we're doing, he said, if I've given you something and you don't use this, the one I've given you already, why would I give you another? Now, let's put it this way. You are trying to, you are trying to feed your dog, your pet, what some of you are done if you have anything. And you give the dog one bone. And the dog keeps smelling it and not eating it. Why would I give you a second one? Because you haven't finished the food you have already. And you want me to give you another one? I'm not going to give it to you. Read me 10 and 12. Luke 16, 10 and 12. He that is faithful in that which is least mm -hmm. is faithful also in much. Uh-huh. Stop right there. Stop right there. Let's not sink it. For us here, concerning the things of God. He who is faithful to that which is least, God will say, I can't actually trust this person for something bigger. Are, are you following what I'm talking Even Even in real life, do you know that if you are, let's say for instance, you have five children, or you, whatever the number may be, out of that, the youngest of them is the most trustworthy one. Whenever you give her money, let me say her because I think women are more careful than men. Whenever you give her money, she will account properly for you. Now, anytime you want to give your five children money to go and buy something when they go out, who will you give it? The last one. And they're going to envy her to a level, but you will still, because that's the one who's going to come and tell me something. Do you know sometimes you got that children and say, I know my children. You see this one, whatever he tells me, I believe it. Has it come to that point? Where the, but there's a child of yours, whatever he tells you, you don't really believe it. You want to really, he said, you know my child, he said, I will never swear on your behalf. But some, one of them will say, he said, I, know, I know this one. Now that's, that's example I'm giving you. That's how God is. You see? He will entrust that. He said, if you are faithful, that one with this list, then you will get more. Then 12, please. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. 12. Mm -hmm. And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? You see? If I have not been faithful, something that belongs to someone else, most of us just come right now. Do you know that, let's say for instance, I have seen, and I know one time, I saw someone when I was I had an office, a law office, and in the in the restroom, in the restroom. So don't look at me. I'm in the restroom, and this guy had the water running. He'll go out and just do everything and look at the face. Water is still running. Now you know why he's doing it. Would he do that in his house? Because he knows it's not his, and God is watching. Oh, so you think I'm going to make you get up when you do this? Because he told us, he warned us, don't be deceived. What's that? Galatians 6, 7. Whatsoever a person sows, he's going to receive it. Whatever you sow in a work, like in a ministry like this, you're going to receive it, whether it's good or bad. Whatever you sow in the affairs of any other human being, is still going to be the same. So, 
That is why we need to be careful so that we don't operate like unbelievers. Because when they move the same way, we shouldn't move like them. Always remember one thing. How do you get yourself out of such a jam? Can anybody tell me? We have already dealt with before. How do I get out of this situation? What do I do, Lord, to make sure I don't fall into this kind of trap? Then you go back to the greatest spiritual victory. Everything you do in life, do it as if you do it unto the Lord. Don't worry. Don't worry about the human reward. Colossians 3, right? 17. What we're talking about is one of the hardest things. I'm just telling you. But if you would let God operate in your life, that whatever you do, do it unto God. You will not even bother what somebody's doing. I am telling you, because he's not the one who's going to judge you. Go ahead. Colossians 3.17 And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. And not unto men. First Corinthians 10.31, please. See, when I refer to this thing as the greatest spiritual victory, it stands there. I'm telling you, whatever you do in your life, go Where, ahead. Whether therefore you eat or drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of the God. The glory of God. What I'm doing now, does it glorify God? Because it's the one who is watching. I'm seeing. See, the person I'm reacting to, whatever his affairs, may not see me. You see? But you see, Look at one, one wonderful example we have. Joseph, right? Joseph, after all, Joseph could have gone and committed adult. What? So what? After all, the master wasn't even there. But the affairs of the master, Joseph feared God. How can I do this thing? And sin against God. So, when you are out there in the world, let your light shine. Let people see that light. Let them see the difference. When they want to run for something or against, oh, don't follow them. Do things as God has directed to you, and God will bear witness for you, and in fact, will promote you. Even when nobody sees it, God will promote you. Because the same God can touch anybody's heart. But remember one thing, no matter whatever promotion you get here is... It's wonderful, but the greatest one I'm thinking about is divine. You need to really please God to get into his kingdom. Now, the next one, faithfulness. I'll cover that. The faithfulness concerning the things with your partner or spouse. We deal with God. We deal with the things about others. And then the partner. Now, before, because I know I talked about, when we talked about here about uh, adultery or whatever it is and this and that, I'm not looking, you see, let me tell you one thing. I'm talking, whatever I'm talking about, I'm talking about now. From now on, from now on, I'm talking about children of God. Anyone who knowingly, let me put it this way now. Anyone who knowingly or recklessly, what is reckless? 
No, it's not carelessly. Why do you say it's reckless than if it's careless? Recklessly is that when you are oblivious, when you don't ignore that which you should have known. If I have like the Bible here right now, and you come there, you're walking ahead on the ground. You've seen the Bible. But because you are just a playful type, listen, listen, you, you, you trip on the Bible and fall. And you are reckless. It was so open, they should have seen it. It is either knowingly or recklessly. Anyone knowingly becomes unfaithful for that which is the most, almost the most secret thing on this earth for God. God made it secret. He holds his secret. The things about marriage and so on. Anyone who does that can always prevent divine promotion. I'm talking about from this very day, October 14, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Emeko's Rumba. Please, be, I don't, because I just, I just say, God, please help me. Anyone who does that can hinder promotion. Because you know why? There are two things, if can anybody identify to me, there are literally two things that God considers the most secret. What, can anybody help me? Uh, it came up today. I don't know why. The most secret thing. Marriage? Can you tell me the first one first? Mm -mm. Okay. The most secret thing that God has is his word. Heaven and earth shall pass away. You know, anything can happen. In this life, he said, my word shall never pass away. Then the next one that is so secret to God is his dwelling place. He said, I live in the most high and holy place. Please, uh, let's get this now. Didn't they say that a man's castle is what? A man's what? Is that? Okay, God bless you, God. A man's home is his, his castle. That means no matter whatever, you pursue that man. Once you get to his house, he ha you, have, you have pushed him to the wall. I must defend my house. There's nothing that's important to God. Inside his word is where he lives. That's why he says it's holy and nobody, nothing, what? Filthy can never come in there. It is spotless. So where's the dwelling place? The marriage, the secretness of it. Is a dwelling place of God in our body. And let me tell you two things that may happen. If anybody defiles it, two things. Are we coming now? I'm talking about from today. Please. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm preaching what the word of God is. I'm talking about it. Please. If anybody defiles it, number one, God has won, I will destroy that soul. And let me tell you one thing. The soul of the one who has offended God is not the only one that destroyed. That can destroy the soul of the person, the soul of the spouse, the soul of family. It can never be the same. It can never be the same. That's why God said nobody should put asunder this thing. Nobody. 
She never do it. And it's so sacred to God that God said, look, no matter what anything happened, this is the only one thing that can happen for it to be put asunder. It is where I live. Okay? And he said, if anybody does that, I will destroy it. First Corinthians, please. 3, 16 to 17. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? Which temple you are? Then the second one, because we're going to, some, some people are robbing their, their code. Yeah, we'll just finish and go. Okay, the second one, I'm, 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 I just left that portion. There's so many other scriptures you can deal with in that area, but I'm leaving that. The second one is that whoever knowingly, recklessly, as I'm talking about now, that knows the truth and still goes about to defile the sacredness of God, the report, the reproach can never be removed. And you wonder where that's coming from. Proverb, please. Six twenty three to thirty three. I have a long one to read there. Proverbs six twenty three to thirty three. For the commandment is a lamp. And the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Mm -hmm. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the can tongue. You stop, can you stop right there? Read it again. Read just the command, the word of God. Remember, I told you there are two things that are what sacred, to God. sacred unto God. It, it just came up this when I was just driving. I'm telling you, and wonderful, you can see God confirming that. There are certain things you would do. My word, if you keep my word, it will keep you away from Evil. destroying yourself. Please, go ahead. Just, just read that one more time. For the commandment is a lamp, mm -hmm. and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman. To keep you from what? The evil woman. Okay. Woman. From the flattery of... From the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lost not after her beauty in thine heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. The man is brought to a piece of bread. That's why it's a piece of bread. Wow, go on. Yeah. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth in to his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he, his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. His reproach cannot be wiped. That's why I'm saying, I keep saying from now, October 14, and the first person that is talking to you is Emeko Zurumba. 
No, because I want to make sure you know that we're all sinners. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if that, I don't want anybody to feel he's talking to me, talking to every one of us. He said the reproach can never be removed. That's why I said when you knowingly or recklessly, that's what I'm saying there now. It's called normally in law, it says a reckless disregard. When you knowingly flee from it, flee from it, pray to God, whatever it is. Now, when he's talking about adultery, he's not talking about adultery, he's talking about fornication. Get that right now. Because the temple of God is the body that God has given a saint. That's why they say there is saint, elect of God, holy temple that God can come in. And anybody who violates it, they said, well, I'm not going to do it. See, it's talking about there that the reproach cannot be removed. And it tells you one other thing. It said, if a thief steals because he's hungry, now, that's what that goes to the... If it is because he's hungry, then he's going to pay seven times. He's going to be in trouble. What is he talking about? He's <laughs> just looking at me today. <laughs> Let's read that. Read that portion. Read that portion. There's a mystery there. Read that portion, please. He said, men... Men do not despise a thief. They do he, not despise a thief. Listen to me. They don't despise what? Yes. If he steals to satisfy his soul when okay. he is hungry. Okay. What is, what is that all about? <laughs> okay, Sister Lavi. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Look at what, look at what the word of God is talking about. If I don't have a wife, listen to me. If I don't have a wife and I go and do something that's wrong, the punishment is there. That's what he's talking about. But many will not despise me. I will not be so despised. Yes, they keep on. He said, but then if I have already, if I have water and I go steal water, boy. Now listen to me. If I have water, that's abundant water in my listen, and I go steal water, then my eyes are distant. People are going to say, what is wrong with him? If he didn't have, that's what he's saying. If he didn't have, they will not despise him. Although, if they catch him, he's going to see pay seven times. If they catch him, let's say for example, I'm not married, and people catch me, I pay seven times. Then, imagine how many times I will pay to God. Now let's make sure, because I've got, this is not, I'm just talking about faithful, that's why this came up. Imagine then, what I will pay. Because that goes back again to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Say that whoever defiles me, God has already said it. Whoever defiles this my temple, this is what I'm going to do. I'll destroy him. But it tells us spiritually that, that men will not necessarily despise so much because this person is hungry. But if I'm not hungry, all right? I gave you an example of a lion before. I said lion will kill when he's hungry. Lion is no longer hungry now. And lion goes and kills. Chaos. That lion is wicked. Are we getting it now? In other words, if I have something, God has given me something, I have no more excuse. Be content. Now, we, we, we finish with that one. Now, the faithfulness, that's the end of it. Of the thing that is general. And I will take only one minute to say that if 
If you have never prayed before, I wish that all of us were here. If you have never prayed before, pray much. I don't know when God will answer us. Have you ever thought about why corrupt nations wallop in what? Violence, kidnapping, killing, this and that. Now compare it to this place. Or with this place. Compare it. They build a house. I was discussing with you. We were talking about that. They build like a road. The man who is building the road here is thinking about the future. He's not even building it for himself. He wants to use it and leave it for the future generation that is not even born. But the man back home cuts off his nose to do what? His face. He thinks, I've got it. He thinks, oh, no, no, no. I'm in a position now. I got everything. Everybody else, you are hungry. And then when actually the consequences will come back, we wonder what is happening to us. You know one thing? You give him to build that road. He builds a road that will last for one month or two. And then, you see, they run force, and he can't even drive to his house. The man is, can you believe this? Now, he, he steals all that billion and builds mansion. And now, he's running away. He doesn't, he doesn't want to live in the mansion anymore. Do you know what they do back home now? Which is sad. It's a sad thing happening to us. And sometimes we don't, they don't reflect. Spiritual, why, why are we in trouble? When God says, I have had enough. There is a poor man. That's some, I've given, there's no nation, especially in, in Africa. There's no nation that don't give you so much resources. Human resources. Natural resources. But what God has given to you, if you're not faithful unto that, why would he give you more? If you want to squander it, I said, okay, I don't care. This one, you can go hungry, but I have the money. But the money you have, you don't even enjoy it anymore. Isn't it sad? And do you don't know what is actually going on? Some of them that I have almost like seven or eight cars. Now, they come out during the day driving a car that is almost like smoking. That's almost a die. Because they don't want to drive that most expensive car anymore. Do you know the most expensive cars in Nigeria are packed and locked? Nobody drives them. Can you believe such a waste? They are packed. Nobody drives because if you drive it out, this criminal, they see you. That fancy car. You're gone. So now most of them go, use taxi. Can you believe it? Now, you, I, I have never seen anything like this. You have everything, but then you think you have everything, you're poor. And we don't seem to see what is going on. We don't seem to see it. You've gotten everything, and yet you're a beggar. And you think you're better than the other one there. And that's why, because we don't see what Solomon said. Solomon said, as, the, as the, the rich man dies, so the poor man will also die. The same thing. What is the difference? Until, you know one thing? A nation, or any place, only people, have not come to that point where they're faithful, not only to themselves, but to the next generation, faithful to whatever God has given to them. They will never pull through. They will never pull through. That nation will be cursed. Because whenever we abuse things of that nation, you know why? Why they will be cursed? Let's not forget about the, the, like the scripture right now. You go to Proverbs, you go everywhere. It tells you one thing. Even in Matthew 25, if you look at 44, 41 to 46, it tells people, it says, you know one thing, I have the poor before you. 
They were tossed. They needed water. He didn't feed, give them water. They needed food. He didn't give them. You know what they called them? They said, go, you wicked, and curse. I'm not the one using these things. Of course, because I have people that are presented there, that are dying. I'm in heaven watching. I'm crying. My children have given to you. But because of what I have given to you, you have used it now to fight against me. Because I don't give in to them. That's why Proverbs was also telling us that whoever mocks the poor, mocks God. Because that's more like mocking God and the poor. We'll stop right here. I just want to cover about faithfulness. Faithfulness is so deep. Please, we have only done about twice right now. Go through it. Make sure wherever it affects you or me, just be faithful unto God, unto others, the things of others, anything of the others, even on the job, be faithful. Let God, who is a rewarder, and is very faithful to reward, let him reward you. Do with all your heart. People around you, your spouse, your children, be faithful to them. And try to ask the Lord to kill Numero uno, number one. And I will come first. You come first. But I should come. The Lord bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at temonline.org. Our web address is temonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.